CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor and Reality TV podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and today we are taking a much-needed, very necessary Love is Blind detour because Clayton can wait. Love is Blind is the most important show on TV right now, and I have someone who survived it, survived it all, and is now thriving. You remember Jessica Batten from Love is Blind season one. She has a new podcast called Unsettled. She's engaged. She's going to spill all the tea. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. It's Friday, uh, coming up on a long weekend and celebrating International Women's Day on Monday. So feeling good. How are you doing? Girl power. I love it. I'm doing great because I just finished the Love is Blind reunion. And I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet, but I can fill you in on any of the big stuff. And it was, it was, it was good. I have not seen it yet. Yeah. It's early for you. It just dropped. <laughs> I, yes. Um, so I will probably get to it this weekend. Um, but I do hear it's pretty juicy. And I saw a couple spoilers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little traumatizing, actually. So the PTSD? A little bit. Well, that's a good place to start because I did want to ask you. Obviously, you were like the most talked about reality star of 2020. You were you were Joe Exotic. It's if we call him a reality star, Kale Baskin <laughs> up there. And I would assume it was a very traumatizing, you know, experience. Took a lot to get over it, I would imagine. Um, how did you get to the point where now you're willing to not only talk about your experience, but also watch season two. Like how'd we get here? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think it was so polarizing and there was such a spotlight on, you know, I happened to be the person that the experiment did not work for. Right. And it's an experiment. So it's love is blind or is love blind. I think it's is love blind if it's actually an experiment. So experiment didn't go well for me. Um, and it didn't end up in marriage and I'm really happy about that. So just being, just being in my own life, you know, I'm happy that I did not get married. I'm happy that, um, a a lot of great things came through that obviously, you know, the media doesn't pick up. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of upside there for me and, you know, the negativity kind of drowned out. And after a while, you can just kind of place it for what it is. And, you know, I'm really happy that I participated at this point. Yeah, for sure. Was there any hesitation for you in, in watching season two? Because I imagine, like you said, the reunion clips already given you a little PTSD, like did that, were you nervous? 
Yeah, I was definitely nervous, but it was totally different this season. And the fact that it took place in Chicago, I feel, you know, connection with all of my Chicago people. And I really wanted to be able to be there for them. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to do that unless I watched the show. And just kind of going through everything I went through and understanding reality television and, you know, how news media plays into that. I feel it's my place now to look out for those that come after me. That's why I'm stepping out with my podcast and, you know, I'm in the throes of writing a book. There's so many things that I've learned behind the scenes and kind of experiencing all of this that I want to turn it into a really positive story. I want to be, you know, that bright light for others who maybe find themselves not even, you know, crazy enough to step into a reality show, but just in real life, you know, when you find yourself in the unpopular space or having to make an adverse decision um, that might have negative effects, but you're making the right decision for yourself. Um, I want to shine a light on that and, you know, be able to tell people's stories. So that's really why my best friend and I started this Unsettled podcast to, you know, really talk to everyday people about the experiences that they have that may, you know, be a bit of a parallel from what I experienced. Wow. I'm excited about the podcast. I'm really excited about the book. I feel like that is going to be, is there going to be some tea spilled in the book? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Justice for Jessica. I'm going to spill a lot of details. I read that you actually had a bunch of reality TV, quote unquote, villains, whatever you want to call them, reach out to you. Christine from Selling Sunset, Olivia from The Bachelor, my girl, Tori Spelling. I'm obsessed with her. What was the best piece of advice you got from these reality TV mutual friends, if you want to call them that? um, The best piece of advice that I got was sometimes you have to live you have to live with things that are unfair and thing I've learned about television. And this is a conversation that I've had with all of those folks who reached out is um, once a story is told, it's really hard to convince viewers otherwise. Mm -hmm. And there's really no point in trying and it's all for entertainment. So you just have to use it appropriately and move on with your life. And you know, that's exactly what I've done. And I'm so happy that I had all those amazing people reach out to me. And there is quite a special group of villains out there and who are all very lovely people and have played their part in making these shows as entertaining as they can be. Absolutely. Great company to be in. And I, my opinion, um, you guys are the reason people watch the show and it is entertainment. And it's so important to remember that that of course there is, you know, real life couples that come of it. So there's a weird line that gets blurred because there's like real life consequences, but it is a TV show at the end of the day. And I did want to ask you, I don't know how much you can speak to this, but because I cover the bachelor so much producers are seem to be very involved in that show. It's like a lot of manufactured drama. So it seems, you know, they'll deny it till whatever, but it seems to be a lot of setting up scenes to talk kind of feeding lines, maybe how would you speak to that with the love is blind situation? Is it much more like they kind of let you go like from the pods to like, when you guys are just dating, like where do the, what are the producers like role? Um, well, they're very involved. Mm-hmm. And af- actually after you get engaged, you have your own production team, right. um, that follow you as a couple. So we all became this little family and I was so close with all of them. And actually when my dog got really sick and I was at the vet, um, they all came there and we 
they surprised me there. I was, I didn't want them to know I was there, but they found out. Oh. But anyway, we had this. They always know. <laughs> oh, they always know. We had this beautiful moment and it was this big group hug in the parking lot. And I'll never forget that. And I'm still in touch with most of them. And most of them are no longer affiliated with the show, actually. Okay. Um, but they play a huge part in that show. It's 47 days of filming and you see a very small snippet of that. So it's a lot of storytelling. Um, and you know, it's all part of the entertainment of it. So they have to come up with storylines and we could be the most boring group of people that they've ever picked. Although we had a really great (laughs) casting. That's a lot of great personalities, but, um, you know, it's always got to be a story. So, yeah. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just because it's Netflix doesn't mean it's all, you know, hundred percent how it seems. Um, what about, how did you get involved with the show to begin with? I'm sure you've been asked that a million times, but how did you, how did you sign up for this? <laughs> it was a casting call that came from my very best friend. Who's also my co-host on my podcast. Mm-hmm. She's partly responsible for this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's in, she used to be a news anchor in Atlanta. So she was kind of in that scene. Um, and she had an agent send her the casting call. Of course, she was in a relationship at the time. She sent it my way because I happened to be, you know, the only single person in our entire group of friends. And I thought, why not? This is different. You know, I'm, my life's kind of boring right now. It's all about my career and all about work. And, um, I just kind of wanted to blow it up and do something different. Um, so I ended up talking to the casting producer and he sold me on this idea of stepping away from social media dating, swiping left on people's faces and such a desensitizing thing. Mm -hmm. This is a chance to really get to know somebody and for them to get to know you for who you really are on the inside. And, you know, it was a great time in my life to hear that pitch. And, you know, I was totally sold. Yeah. I mean, it is, there's something to be said for a show like this, or like a married at first sight kind of dating show when they kind of tell you, you know, you either have experts helping you, or this is like revolutionary way of dating versus like a more traditional reality dating show that we've seen the last couple of years that are like a little more like antiquated. Like this seems easier to be sold on because there's like a hook. Absolutely. And at the time I may or may not have mentioned this in the show, I was 34, (laughs) you know, nothing had been working for me and I wasn't really putting an emphasis on dating. So I thought if I take two weeks off work and really focus on this aspect of my life, Hey, this might be the ticket. I was willing to, to do something unique and different at this point in my life. Yeah. What is life like in the pod process when you're living with the other women and the guys are separate. And on this season we saw, I feel like I can't remember as much from season one, but like this season, we definitely saw a few obviously with Shayna, Natalie and Shane kind of like how that was playing out. Is there a lot of like talking about what's going on or do people keep to themselves? I think there's a bit of both. Okay. There's a lot of congregating and sharing what we think about the guys and what our experience is there. And then when you're in the pods, I think the thing that doesn't get shown as much is you're dating all day. You're meeting with every guy and you're establishing friendships. And sometimes you're having small talk. That's not very interesting. And that drains you, Mm. at least me being kind of introverted. And so there's so much going on and you're forming friendships For me, a lot of the friendships I formed were with contestants that you didn't get to meet, Mm. Um, but you're forming friendships and um, there's also this pressure. You're like, there's all these cameras. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And at the time, this show hadn't been sold to Netflix yet. So Mm. we really had no idea. Um, 
but yeah, there's a lot of interesting dynamics at play. And, you know, for us, there were swaps like, right. You know, in the beginning, Cameron actually was liking this other girl and that ended up swapping at some point. And, um, you know, the same happened with a few others. So, you know, it was just really interesting to see kind of how everything unfolded. Um, but it was really quite magical, you know, because you form a bond with all these people that no one else could ever understand. How do you actually get used to dating in the pods? Like, do you ever get used to the fact that you're talking to a wall or no? <laughs> no, it's very strange, which is why the airplane bottles come in handy. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Although uh, to your detriment. <laughs> what'd you say? To your detriment? Although, to your detriment as well. I definitely would be one of those people if I was on a reality show that would be too drunk too soon. Like if it was night one of the bachelor, I'd be the girl like sloppy oh, sent home. If it was on this show, oh my God, I would drink so much wine in those pods or whatever they let me. It would not be good. It's, I have so much stranger danger anyway. Yeah. So, you know, now put a wall in between myself and a stranger and a bunch of cameras. And it was just quite difficult of a situation. And do you like take notes so you can be like, okay, this guy has this, like, I, it's almost like sorority rush. Like you need like bullet points. How do you remember? Copious notes. And it was absolutely like a sorority rushing situation. Um, a hundred percent. That is, that is the right comparison. As much um, as you're trying to take out the like superficial part of it, you are like still ranking these people. You're ranking them every day. And then the next day it's like the results come in and, you know, if so-and-so isn't on there, you're going to be shattered. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that the experiment is about who you are on the inside, it's like, am I a terrible person? You right. know? Um, so yeah, very much like a, like a rush. <laughs> On the reunion, um, they asked Shane about the moment when he confused Shayna and Natalie. And he was uh, he was like clearly not happy that they like played that moment again. But he also one of his like arguments was saying like he apologized. But then he also was like, you have to understand it's like a little microphone in this room. I'm staring at a wall like he kind of was like it happens to everyone. And I think one of the guys was like, yeah, it happened to me, too. Is that something that happened? Does that make sense? It happened on our season. I can't remember who it happened to, okay. but it happened on our season. So it's like, we shouldn't maybe villainize Shane for that moment. <laughs> no, absolutely okay. not. That's no. fair. Good to know. Let's talk about some of these couples, Natalie and Shane. What were your, what were your thoughts on watching their journey? It was, seemed like it was going really well until the end. And then we got screwed. We didn't even get to see the scene that they fought. I was pissed. Oh, they were so sweet and they had so much chemistry. Um, and I loved their relationship because they were, you know, so lighthearted with one another. And it looked, it seemed like a couple of my friends, um, you know, I was, I was having parallels to their relationship or feeling like, um, you know, they were very similar. So I really loved them, but I felt in the end, they were better individually, you know, than together. And, um, I just think, you know, especially when they were talking about their finances and things like that, you know, I feel that's things that you need to be on the same page with. Um, so I was happy that they ended up choosing themselves and it seems like they're in a great place and they're friends. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy for them. It, the fact that it happened off camera, whatever this big fight was, and they kind of give you a little bit more, but not really like they don't want to say, I guess they, it probably was like a drunk, nasty fight, whatever. Is there a lot of time that you spent with for you, Mark, or your person on the show off camera? Like, are you really with them all? Like you were with them when the cameras go away, right? Like it's, yeah. You're, you're always with them. So it's really on you if you want to release information that happens outside of, you know, the cameras filming. Um, yeah. And in that 
she decided to tell. So, um, you know, it's your prerogative. And, um, but yeah, you're spending a ton of time with them outside of the cameras, which makes it a little bit difficult to, you know, when things are happening and then the cameras don't catch it, they have to kind of play catch up. Right. And you're like mad at each other, but you don't necessarily want to tell the cameras why, but they can really pick up on the tension. And you're like, let's fight about this cup or something when it has nothing to do with the cup. Right. And in television, they always want to see it rather than just be told. Right. So they would rather it play out. So, um, but I mean, I did love that, you know, she chose herself in the end. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're in a good place. It seems like. Yeah, they seem to be handled. I think they're still pretty like sad, honestly. They dated a little bit after and I think they wanted to make it work, but they just knew they were going to be too different, which is like the mature way to handle it. And they seem to be, like you said, on good terms, which not everyone obviously ends on the show on good terms, but they did have a little bit of a similarity with the whole Shayna Shane thing. And people have been comparing you to Shayna. How do you feel about that? Oh, I love it. I think my behavior as seen on that show was much worse than anything that she has done. Um, you know, obviously I didn't love the, um, I didn't love the, way that it looked on there. Um, but I've actually spoken with her and she's lovely. I've spoken with Natalie as well. They're both very lovely people. And it's really hard because this is a competition at the end of the day. It's an experiment and it's a competition in that we're all dating the same guys. Right. It's look at the bachelor. This is one thing I know about the bachelor. I don't keep up with it too much, mm-hmm. but you're telling me that is it 25 women? They all yep. fall in the same guy. Right. You know, this show, you have 15 different guys. Like you're going to have the same person interested in the same guy. Yeah. Interested in the same guy. I mean, it's just going to happen. It's just part of the show. There's no other way to have a drama unless you have those kind of love triangles. So I feel for her because she didn't have, you know, the perfect person and Kyle, um, you know, the perfect match, I should say. Um. And, you know, maybe she had lingering feelings for Shane. I feel like it's more of a friendship. But two, the thing people have to understand is when you go into these pods, you will fall in love with a rock. Really? You're so comfortable and the situation is so intense and you're alone. Like you're stripped of your friends and family and access to all the things that you're used to. And you get into these rooms and you're exposing yourself and, you know, they want you to talk about your innermost feelings you're going to fall for these people and you're going to create really intense connections with them. So, you know, I feel for her. Um, I think she's a good person and um, you know, I don't know what happened on the reunion, but I'm mm-hmm. hoping that we're able to squash all of that. Yeah. That gets, they also seem to be handling it pretty maturely in the all, all things, you know, considered as far as love triangles on reality television go. Um, you didn't get so lucky. Amber was still pretty mad at you when they, you guys did that reunion special thing. Did that surprise you that that animosity was still there? Surprised oh, me. <laughs> absolutely. I was so far taken aback. I had no idea it was that intense of a situation at all. Have you talked to either of them since that aired? No, absolutely not. It was just strange you know, I had no clue, um, that that animosity was still lingering. Very weird. And Mark obviously didn't go. Did that surprise you? Did you wish he did? I was so surprised that he didn't go because he loves, he loves that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had to go. Um, but I think he knew, you know, obviously with LC, and the cheating situation there that was going to come out, he was going to have to, 
speak to what happened between the two of us, because that was something I had sat on for a long time that I was eager to speak with him about, you know, in front of the world. Right. And not to put him down or belittle him or, you know, have any hate spewed his way, but I felt it would be fair for the whole you know, story to come out, but he didn't come. And, you know, I get that. I think it was probably the best play considering all of the trouble, <laughs> seemingly trouble that he was going to be in on camera. Did you say you had to go? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, you did not. Okay. I chose to, um, I chose to go and I chose to go on my own. Um, I could have brought Ben and he and I talked about that extensively. And at some point I thought I did want to bring him, but I'm so glad I went alone because, you know, I don't want the story to be that, oh, I ended up engaged and, right. you know, it's a happily ever after. It was, I really fought through day by day on my own. And I wanted to walk into that room of people, you know, standing on my own two feet. Just, um, I, I got through this and, you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to to be here and wish you all well. And I hope, you know, there's no ill will on your part. Um, but as you see, it plays out, um, a little bit differently than that. Yeah. But I think you came off great. I think it definitely came off a little bit. Like, why are we holding you're happily married? Why are we holding grudges about this? Like bizarre show we were all on, like, let's move on. I don't know. I thought you, I thought you came off great with everything that all things considered. Um, have you talked to Mark at all? When was last time you guys talked? I haven't spoken with him at all. I think the last time we talked, I don't even know. Actually, I looked at my Instagram and it's been since really the reunion came out and we stopped talking. I think that's when he was getting serious with his now wife. Mm. And I totally get that. Um, But I had reached out to him before the reunion and I said, hey, you know, no ill will here. I, you know, obviously felt betrayed, but I'm going to be there for you regardless. Um, And yeah, we haven't we haven't talked too much since then. Makes sense. Kyle and Shayna were another, were a couple that didn't even make it to the wedding day, which season one, there was a few of those too. Is there like, not, I don't know. Is it one? How, what do you think of those two? Everyone was saying is the religion conversation, the new 34, 24 situation, which made me laugh. Um, and also just, is it like, is there a way out? Like, do you have to go through the, like, why do some people get to quit and other people don't get to quit? Girl. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. All I know is I'm glad I didn't quit because it was an experiment. And at the point I wanted to quit, but I decided to stay is when I started to open myself up to feeling something that I I wasn't feeling. And that was supposed to be the spirit of the entire show. So, you know, I don't know how that worked or how it happened, I'm really glad that they didn't have to go through the traumatizing experience of having a wedding if they didn't feel they were going to marry that person, because it's something that stays with you forever, unfortunately. Right. Like it's a wedding. You're in a dress. Your family is there. Like, and I read recently that you guys had to pay for some of it. Mm, I didn't have to pay for it. Okay. You didn't have to. They said something about like extra. So maybe people who wanted like over the top stuff they have to pay for, but it's a real wedding. That is like, I can't imagine my family being there with me in the dress and everything. Oh my God. Girl, I did not invite my family. I was not having them be a part of this at all. Fair. What did your family think of the show when it did, when, after you did it? And then when it started, because I know it was such a long time too. you, that must've been horrible waiting. My dad did not watch because he asked me if I wanted him to. And I said, no, 
because my dad is the person I respect most in the entire world. And my mom was there. We had a big party and, you know, she threw it and had all these, um, you know, she loved, she, she's so proud of me regardless of what I do and what crazy decisions I make and all the wild things I do on television. That's what moms are great for. Um, <laughs> but she, just, she was just really sad about, you know, some of the betrayals behind the scenes and stuff like that. And, um, but you know, we're all pretty lighthearted in my family. So we just kind of laugh about it and move on and count our blessings for the things that have come from it. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, with those two specifically, it was like just confusing to me because watching the show, it did kind of feel like, you know, Shayna was a little bit like, you know, maybe still into Shane. And they kind of said that might've been twisted a little bit, but it also felt like she kind of just quit and like left Mexico in the middle of the night. But then watching the reunion and some of the stories she's told on in interviews after it, it didn't really seem fair that he like wanted to keep pursuing her after. Like, I felt like it was over and then he wanted to still be on the show. And then she had to then like entertain this idea when she already broke up with him. I have to say it's difficult to have a season two, right? Because yeah. everyone saw the storyline of myself and Mark. And I have to say that there were some signs of, you know, a replica of that. Um, so I'm not going to say much more on that, but she, uh, she is a lovely person. I've spoken with her at length and, um, you know, I truly feel for what she's going through right now, even though, you know, I think she's one of many villains. I don't think she was necessarily quite as polarized as I was. Um, but she is really, truly a, a lovely person. And, um, I do think that now with the second season, all of those cast members have seen season one and know how things can play out. So I did see a bit of that um, as I was watching. Very fair. Um, speaking of villains, Shake, um, he's an interesting one. And he, my always thing is viewing a reality TV villain, TV villain, which I speak about often hosting this show is the way they handle it afterwards says everything. You never know what's being edited. You can judge what you see on this TV screen because, you know, that's what we do. But the way people handle an apology or accountability says everything because that's not edited. Your Instagram, whatever, isn't edited. And I think Shake's um, showing us maybe that, he, you know, he's doubling down. He's not apologizing. He's starting new beef. It's kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. And this one... Uh... Gosh, I'm going to try not to cry right now, but it's weighing heavy on my heart, really. Um, uh, because, like, sorry, I've been talking about this at length this morning, and um, oh. I just, it's hard for me to see someone be torn apart, regardless of their actions on TV. And, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes with editing and, uh, on a, you know, there's entertainment for a show and sometimes you have to take accountability for things that you didn't do. That's my number one advice to the cast that's reached out. Um, mm. and you know, sometimes people aren't mature enough to have go outside of your ego to be able to do something just to move on and, and live your life and have another chance. Um, he's not taking that chance at this time and he's not willing to kind of fall on that sword, whether it's totally, you know, his fault or not, you know, I think there's probably certain things that weren't aired that he's probably just so hurt about and caught up about, like he's still human. We still need to treat him like a human being. And quite frankly, the scenes that I saw come out where he was being viciously attacked, I was, 
be a little traumatized by that. At the reunion, um, you mean? Yeah, I, I love Deep Tea, and she's my favorite character off the show. And um, I've reached out to her, and she's so lovely. But I don't want to see, especially with everything going on in the world right now, anyone being attacked so viciously for putting themselves out there in an experiment to find out if love is blind. It's not, you know, preemptive is love is blind, you know? Um, And I think, you know, he's saying a lot, he's saying too much and he's, he's falling all over his words and he's not saying the right things, but I think we need to be human and try to understand and, and stop the piling on because this is when truly bad things can happen to people who sign themselves up for this. Yeah. Well, thank you for that was actually, I mean, that's so important to remember. And thank you for your vulnerability talking about that in, in his storyline or whatever. The one thing I also don't know if I understand, is there a right way? I guess the question is with him, is there a right way to maybe tell someone that you're not physically attracted to them? Obviously on the show, it's not going to come off great. Cause that's the point, but you were saying it's, it's an experiment. It shouldn't be a, it should be a question, not a statement, but overall on this show, is there a fair way to say it? I mean, I think about like back to season one of married at first sight with, I don't know if you watched that show, but Jamie was like hysterically crying when she saw Doug and still married him and like told him he was ugly basically. And now they're married with two kids. So like they come back from it. But, um, in this show, it's like, is there a right way to say it? Like, did he just need to not be so blunt the way he was speaking? I don't know. Right. And gosh, a couple points there. One, I watched that Married at First Sight season, first and last season I watched because Same. that was so traumatizing and I was so happy they ended up together. But oof. Yeah. Um, what I'll say is um, I feel like it, my experience was different. It looked to the viewer that I wasn't into the way Mark looked. I actually knew pretty explicitly how he looked because Kelly Chase told me behind the scenes oh. and it wasn't about that. I the How did she was- know? She knew him from the fitness. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta's a very small world. Hmm. And um, the experience I had with him, though he's a very lovely person, was that there was more of a interview like dating situation going on in the pods where it was playing out in real life. There was a huge discrepancy between the experience levels in life where taking him on as a husband made no sense to my life at all. And that became unattractive to me. Right was us in everyday life. So I explained that to him, you know, very explicitly offline. And, you know, it was very hurtful for me to ever tell him that, but we're signing up for this experience. So it's something that you're going to have to discuss. Right. Um, So those were the kinds of things that I was telling him is like, I'm not, you know, the connection is really not there for me. Um, You know, I thought it was going to be like this, but it's like that. And you know, it was never anything about appearance because I don't even know how to broach that. That's like very difficult to handle. And, you know, I think it's more about chemistry and, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. If if the chemistry isn't there, then that's, that's really tough. Yeah. Um, But yeah, saying things about someone's physical appearance should just be totally off you know, it's, it's never going to work in your favor. If you're going around calling her your aunt, it's just not, it's, it's just a horrible way to be. Um, yeah. and I know I've seen people attacking him and his appearance now online, which breaks my heart. And, you know, I don't want to see it happen to anyone. Yeah, totally. Two wrongs don't make it right there by any means. Um, Sal and Mal were the ones I had written down next. They, um, not to say this in a bad way, but like, I don't know if I care or not. I don't think they really showed us 
much about them. I'm sure they're fine people in real life on the show. It was just kind of like a, Oh, we're, we're back with the ukulele or, Oh, like there was a little bit of drama with Jared, but in the second half of the show, I was just like, I don't care. And then on the reunion, he was just like making all these cryptic claims. Like I felt unheard in our relationship, but I'm not going to say why, cause I'm a bigger person. And it's like, well, then don't tell me that either. Like just say nothing. I love it. We're back with the ukulele. I think that's really the story is, him is. With the ukulele and kind of gazing into the stars. Just, yes, I love you, Mal. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, she clearly wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, I don't, there's not a whole lot to say about no. them. I love in Mexico, how she was being pretty open with him. I don't feel safe. This doesn't feel right. I was feeling those same things when I got to Mexico. And he said, this is a safe space. You can tell me these things. Please feel free. Um, and I love that about them. And, you know, just the safety of their relationship and um, how he said no in the end, which I think he would have loved to marry her. Right. But he just but knew it wasn't there. He knew she didn't want to marry him. Mm. So he kind of took that burden on himself. And I appreciated that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really good point. Um, the Mexico, the being in Mexico altogether part is obviously amazing television. Um, but for you guys, is that like one of the hardest parts, like having to be there and like, you know, the stuff of seeing the person you didn't choose and watching it all play out in the dynamics and the almost like competitiveness, like for this season, it was obviously Ayana, Jared and, um, Mallory. Sal, yeah, Mal and Sal, who had a little bit of a had a little bit of a tension there and had to rewatch that kind of awkwardness with that conversation. But it kind of just seemed like a drunk, a drunk, maybe like flirtatious thing. Like, I'm glad they moved past it. Like, I love um, Ayana and Jared, so I'm glad they worked it out. But um, that really feels like I mean, it's great TV. It's a recipe for hoping you guys will do that. Right. <laughs> and it's only been like a few days since yeah. this situation happened. So it's like, yes, this person's engaged, but you were just like, flirting with them three days ago when they were single and they were into you and proposing to you. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. I love Mexico. I didn't feel that really at all. Um, it was weird seeing Barnett and Amber and it was not the person that I dated and mm. fell a lot of feelings for. It was a totally different dynamic between the two of them, which I was reconciling in my brain. And I think a couple of ewes came out. <laughs> there. Mexico for, for me was just so happy to see Kelly and Gigi and just kind of struggling with the Mark thing. And, you know, truly the thing I remember the most is just being so happy that they gave us Mexican burner phones because oh. I had my phone for so long and I was able to call my boss and check in. So I was a happy camper. And you had to yeah, you had each other to lean on in your case and you had a phone. So yeah, that would be the win. You got to escape maybe a little bit of like in your own head. Yeah. And I just started like, I'm a nervous eater and drinker as everyone knows. But when we get to Mexico, I started eating quesadillas and tacos. Like I wouldn't stop. Like it was just, it was bad, but I love Mexico. It worked out well. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. I like that. That's a good way to look at it. Um, and then Nick and Danielle were the other ones. Um, they are interesting to me. I think they have communication things to work through, but they seem to be very aware of that. They over explain things to each other, which might be a different thing. Um, but she was pretty vocal about being unhappy with how some of her anxieties aired on the show and the way it looked, especially in Mexico. What did you think of them as a pair? They seem to be pretty different, but in a way that they are so committed to it that I think they will stick it out or find a way to make their communication work is what I got out of them. I like them. I saw a lot of my true self in him mm. being, you know, getting to a certain point and having passed on so many relationships turning into marriage because 
of the fear of ever going through divorce. You know, he's, he saw it with his parents. I saw mine and, um, you know, I really resonated with that story. And I think they work because she's so loyal and committed to him to a point where it drives her crazy. Yeah. And I, I actually love that because I think he needs someone who's a little bit overly um, committed. And I think they really balance each other out well. And I actually love their dynamic. All right. Yeah, me too. I, I, it's one of those things that in the beginning, I, I don't know, like I, every episode I was going through a different phase with those two. I was like, they should be far away from each other. And then I was like, oh, that was cute. Oh, that was weird with the costumes. Oh, why are we playing rock band? Oh, but look like they really care about each other. Like, I don't know. I feel like I went on a roll. They went on a roller coaster and we as viewers went on it with them. And I didn't know what was going to happen in the end with the two of them, but I interviewed them a couple of days ago and they seemed very at ease and comfortable with each other. And I know it's been a while, which is good because you can tell in those moments when they have to talk about like old stuff, if it's yes. like bring, if it's like triggering people or if they are actually past it. And it, it felt very like normal, real, they're in couples therapy, they're working through it, like committed to the cause situation. Oh, that makes my heart happy. Yeah. And, um, Ayana and Jared also are just like, it's a weird one too. Cause you'd think with like the Mallory thing, you'd almost be like taint that a little bit, but I was shipping them the whole time. I was like, I'm going to be devastated if they like self-sabotage each other and she gets in her head about it. Or he like goes out and parties too much. Like I was really rooting for them and still am. I same. I thought they were mom and dad from the beginning. And I, you know, his story was kind of tough for me because that's the story that I would have wanted mm. where, you know, I really liked Barnett. Um, and the reciprocation wasn't there in the end. Um, well, it was kind of, it was mutual at the end um, in the pods. And then moving on with Mark, I felt, oh, this is happening for a reason. And you know, I'm rolling the dice a bit, but I feel like I'm here for a reason. I think this is my person. And I'm in real life. I always go for the guy that is high risk, might not want me back, is the player, you know, but this is the guy I should be going for. So I felt that there were all these learning lessons in the pod. Right. So I resonated with that with Jarrett when he moved on to Ayana. Maybe this is a girl for me. It worked out for him. And I love that. Yeah. I that's that's a good way to put it for sure. Um, okay, so you're engaged. Congratulations. Yeah. What's the wedding planning process like these days? We are totally jumping in at this point. Well, I'm trying to decide or I'm trying to figure out there's a couple projects that are kind of looming and I don't know if they're a go yet. So once we learn that we're going to set a date, um, but we've got engagement pictures now. So I feel like we're kicking the can down the road a bit. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> I think international wedding planning day a couple of days ago. Oh. So I think they have that day specifically to light a fire under the butts of ride to be like myself, um, to get moving. So, yeah. Oh, that's exciting though. And you're a step, you're going to be a stepmom. Yeah. How has that adjustment been? Oh, it's amazing. It's the best thing in my life. And, you know, there's a lot of learning. Um, but it's, you know, talking about just perspective, seeing life through a child's eyes is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the things that, make them curious and happy and love life. And, you know, just the innocence, um, in them is so wonderful to experience. Um, and it's just, it's so cool to think that I can have an impact on their life and, you know, get them excited about new things and turn them on to things. And it's, it's so fun. Um, how old are they? If you don't mind me asking five and six. Okay. So there's, yeah. Okay. That's fun. That's fun. We like... all have the same birthday week. So we had this 
massive birthday party this past year. Aww. I'm a huge birthday person. So yeah, it's, it's really quite you cool. like age, Jessica. We know that about you. There's ages on the mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Birthdays. Every, every birthday is, you know, a blessing and a reason to celebrate. It is. And had he watched the show? Was he aware of, of the phenomenon? Yes. He watched the show and that's when he reached out on Instagram. Um, so yes. Wow. I love that podcast. Tell me about it. What kind of topics are you guys covering? When does it come out? Tell me everything. The podcast drops on Wednesdays and it's myself and my best friend just kind of bantering about, you know, what's going on in the world. So she was a news anchor in Atlanta. And over the past couple of years, obviously the news has been a spectacle in and of itself. And she was in the middle of a lot of craziness and she's moved away from it since then. And we talk a lot about her experience in that. We also talk about my experience in reality television and how that played out. And um, just a lot of unsettling topics in the world. Um, I think we have a bit of a sophisticated take. We talk to you know, viewers on our hotline or listeners on our hotline and you know, get, get their um, unsettling situations and kind of talk through those. And it's a lot of fun. We're also just, you know, we're trying to do good. We're trying to bring stories to light that, you know, might be unpopular or adverse. And, you know, the, so far we can't believe, um, you know, the outpouring of love and support and, you know, all of the positive comments just about our friendship in general. Um, so it's been great. I can't ask for more than having a podcast with my best friend. We're long distance. She's in Atlanta. I'm in LA. So the fact that I get a date with her, you know, every weekend and, you know, people are tuning in and loving to hear it. I mean, it's just magic. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, my last two questions for you. The one is, is there anything that you, so this show two successful couples last season, two successful couples this season, pretty not bad, quite frankly, for reality TV. Was there anything you think the show should could or should do differently to maybe have more success? I don't know how you can get more success having four married couples who knew each other for 45 days. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. I have to say. It is. Uh, so I think they're doing a, a damn good job. Um, I'd love to see more diversity and inclusion for sure, because, you know, I was talking to a friend yesterday and she's like, I would love to sign up for this, but I don't see myself in there. And, you know, it just doesn't feel like it could be a real thing for me. So I'd love to see that. I think that would be, you know, much more successful. Um, and yeah, I think a little bit less assumptive that love is blind Yeah, because it's an experiment. Um, showing a little more of the gray area rather than just black and white, you're a winner or a loser. Um, and, and really just allowing people to be a little more human. Um, we have to allow for all these people that sign themselves up and, you know, to participate in the show, to be human and to have imperfect um, feelings. And I think, you know, that would help the show be much more successful. I think a lot more people would be willing to sign up in that case. Yeah. I think they already filmed season three. So I'm just, I'm anxiously waiting for more. It's quite addicting. <laughs> Dallas coming up next. Dallas. Okay. Good to know. Um, and then my last really important question, this is hard hitting journalism here. Do you get to keep the gold cups? <laughs> <laughs> I have two in my, okay. 
wet bar right now. Um, so actually, we didn't keep them from the season, but we had this recruitment event to try and get people to sign up for unscripted reality through Netflix. And I was handing out the gold chalices there. So I okay. kept it myself they air a trailer at the end of the reunion for this new show that the production company is doing with married like almost married couples ultimatum i think it's called and they have silver cups so it's like the same thing and you can see that and of course it's like the first thing i noticed but they're silver to keep it in the universe that they're different those damn cups i mean it's a lot it's a lot and it's actually you know as a wine connoisseur it's just not the best cup to be drinking wine out of at all. Really? Uh, no. You're supposed to drink out of like the purest um, like glass. Okay. So no, it's not not great for drinking, but great for a Moscow mule. Yeah. And do you drink other, you drink other things out of it too, like water? Is it just alcohol or is there anything in those cups? I think that's usually alcohol. Okay. It might have started as a measure to, you know, reduce the visibility of the drinking levels. Right. And now it just became a memento of the show. <laughs> and I mean, I guess now we're talking about the cups and alcohol. I'd be remiss. I mean, is, is like wine and dogs still okay? Or how did, how did that all, <laughs> how do you feel about that now? That, that viral moment. <laughs> Never okay to give your dog wine. Um, it was, gosh, I, I was just in such an uncomfortable moment in that interview. We were talking about the discrepancy between our salaries and Awkward. Nothing I would ever want to talk about with another person in front of the camera, releasing information about my salary in general, which you're not supposed to do. It's like the number one rule. And I was just like, here, have a sip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing like, I'm not supposed to be on this reality show right now when it's happening in my life. Oh, yes, you were, Jessica. You were supposed to be there. And I'm so I'm happy that you're. You're doing so well now and you're where you're supposed to be. And it was also for selfishly for us, some, some wild television to get to watch in an appropriate way where we're not being crazy and DMing people insane things. Cause like everyone stopped doing that. So we can all have a little more fun with this stuff. Absolutely. Oh, it's an easy balance. I don't get it. <laughs> I know it's, you know, people really put themselves in the situation. Like they're, they're a part of it. So you have to have compassion for those people. They're just trying to numb out after work and turns into a mess, but it does. Well, thank you so much for the time. Everyone go listen to the unsettled podcast every Wednesday, follow Jessica, if you don't already and come back on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Cause we have two episodes of bachelor next week. So get ready a lot more bachelor content, but thank you for this love is blind detour, Jessica. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast, and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.